Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we have a special guest for today. A quick reminder to subscribe to subscribe on YouTube for exclusive interviews uh, whenever we go live at youtube.com slash attacking third. Our special guest today is a U.S. Women's National Team International, World Cup champion, Olympian, and recent UEFA for women's champion Lindsay Horan welcome to the show Lindsay oh thank you so much for having me we're hyped to have you uh recent Champions League winner I uh, listen I guess we got to start there huge congratulations are in order for you Thanks. massive 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 dub for you just easy breezy to start out How, how's it feel to be a champion uh it's still a little um surreal it hasn't I don't think it's hit me like fully yet you know we still have two games left in our season so I haven't been able to like just relax and I don't know, reflect on everything, but I don't know if anyone saw me after the game, but I think I cried on the field like 10 times. So yeah, it was a really, really cool moment for me. I love the professionalism. You still have two games, but Lindsay, you won champions league that night. What did you do to celebrate? Oh boy. Um, (laughs) Well, we we took a long time getting out of the locker room in, in Turin. Um, we celebrated there for a while. Obviously, we had our family and friends that had come on, on I think, 10 different buses from, from Lyon. My mom was there. Uh, my boyfriend was there and my agent. So um, celebrated with them a little bit. And we made our way back to, to Lyon and had a little bit of a celebration here as much as we could. But that went way too late. Um, but yeah, you, you have to do it with a win like that. Yeah, you got to when you when you are the champion of Europe, you, you got to go big. Uh, absolutely agree with that 100 uh, percent. Looking a little bit at this this match, though, um, for those of us who are watching stateside, obviously we had an eye in on, on you and I and on, on Katarina Macario uh, and just sort of this massive meeting of, of two European giants in, in the final. You're talking Lyon. Barcelona, these are iconic clubs, iconic brands, you know, like massive amounts of history. Does that like add a layer, an extra layer of anticipation or nerves or anything? What what were your sort of feelings going into that big of a match? I think for me, you know, obviously I played at PSG for three and a half years and I never really got that moment or that anticipation or that feeling of pressure or whatever. So I think I was just excited, you know, 
these are kind of obviously for me, these are the kind of games that you live for as a footballer. Um, you know, the world cup is, is obviously different. That's it's with your national team. And, um, this is, you know, this is a club level, you know, highest of highs, the, the mountain that you climb. And, uh, like I said, in my post-game interview, you know, i watched this growing up as a little kid. This was like everything. This is what my coaches told me to watch. These were the best games, the best teams. And, Obviously, at the time, like I said, you know, I was watching the men's Champions League because it wasn't I wasn't able to watch any of the women's games, you know, back when I was 12 and 13. Like, I didn't know there was a women's Champions League and and whatnot. So for this game, like there's so much lead up, so much talk about Barca and Lyon and who's underdog, who's who's going to win this game, everything. But that was like the thing. There was so much talk about it. Like that was what was exciting. And I'm like, wow, like we are actually this huge subject going around the football world right now we're all over social media everyone wants to watch this game and then it's it's with two of the best clubs in in the world you know leon's won champions league now eight times um so that there's like a little pressure there but then barca is like on this pedestal right now and one of the best clubs in the world and had just won champions league had the chance to um take their crown back and and obviously they're doing so much for the women's game and i think you know, that was the coolest thing for me was like, everyone's talking about this right now and that's how it should be. And, and this is what I grew up watching, you know, on the men's side. So it's kind of like, take every bit of this moment in all the nerves, all the excitement, you know, the stress, the, you know, anxious feeling before the game. Like that's kind of how, um, that's kind of how, how I settled into the game. That makes sense. Completely. I mean, you're giving me chills just talking about it and I'm just watching it. I'm not even there for it. Uh, So cool to hear you talk about that. And as you mentioned, growing up, that's what you watched. I mean, you watched the men's side, but that was the epitome of it. That's what you were watching and studying. Was this the goal to get there and play in that game? Or or if you could go back and tell 12 year old Lindsay anything about that experience, what would you tell her? Yeah, I think that's, um, I'm like getting teary eyed now (laughs) thinking about it. Um, yeah, just champions league final, seeing that trophy, um, even as young little Lindsay, um, when my coach told me to watch this, this tournament and, and honestly to watch Barca when I was a little girl, the, uh, the men's team and that was everything. And that's the moment, you know, stepping onto the field in that game and hearing the, the champions league anthem, you know, that's the coolest feeling in the world. That's what I, I hope every footballer wants to um, to feel. And, and again, like I said, it's just different at a club level than with your national team. National team is so special in a different way. This is, you know, who you train with every single day for, you know, this moment, have this many games with and and whatnot. So, um, yeah, it was it was everything, you know, to to watch this match kind of unfold. We saw Leon really get on the front foot, kind of really take the game uh, to Barcelona. There was a, a pretty massive early goal uh, from your yeah. teammate, Naomi Amandi Henry. <laughs> I, I got to ask you about it, especially because you were telling us a little bit about like locking in mentally. This was a screamer. I mean, an absolute banger from distance. Her winning the ball and then just having the presence of mind to just take this shot. That is a type of goal that can really, really amp you up uh what is it like to be on the you know the teammate side of things where is it about like celebrating the moment and then quickly locking in walk us through that specific time in the match a little bit well I'll tell you a a little secret this is so funny me and me and Amadine have this ongoing joke that we never shoot and (laughs) uh 
like we, we get so much crap in training because, you know, we're midfielders. We want to like make that final pass and we want to get the nice assist and like, you know, set someone up. And, and we always say like, if someone's in a better position to score, like we want, we want to dish it to them and whatnot. And again, we get so much crap for not shooting from, from our teammates. And we joked right before the game, we were just like, okay, each half, one of us has to take a shot that, <laughs> that has to happen. And I remember like the play so vividly because I was right behind Amadine and, and she, she wins the tackle. And I was just like, I'm so exhausted right now. It's so hot. I'm going to let Amadine go. She can, she can get in the box, whatever. Like I thought she was going to pass. And then all of a sudden the shot comes and I'm like right behind it. So I see it, you know, yeah. curved so nicely off to the uh, upper 90. And I'm just that, that was like it, you know, that that's what, you know, stuns a team in the first half. That's what you never want to happen to you because literally all mentality can go down and, and whatnot. So I think, you know, that just gave our team everything. You know, we, first off, we read, we hear and read things before the game that, you know, we're the huge underdog going into this. And then we start a game like that. Um, It's exactly what we needed. And, and then we go off to score two more goals in the first half. It's, it's incredible to start that way in a champions league final, you know? I mean, you guys made it look so easy. Honestly, watching, I was like, look at this. They they started off the half like this. They get a couple more goals and another huge influential player involved in this game, aside from yourself, but international teammate Katarina Macario uh, with Leon. Phenomenal season overall, but even in this final, she ends up netting a goal. What's so special about playing with Kat for club and for country and having that familiarity between you two? Yeah, it's, it's honestly been, been great. And I think, you know, Kat's a footballer just like me. So I think we get each other very well. And obviously that, that partnership and relationship, you know, on club and, and with the national team is, is huge. You know, it, it helps in so many ways and um, she's growing into it and, and she's getting better and better. And I think, you know, capping off her season with Leon, getting that goal was, was really cool for her. And, you know, no American has scored in the, Champions League final before, so um, might as well put another statistic up there for us Americans, and which is which is really cool. But no, I'm really proud of her and um, and what she continues to do. And and you know, she's so young too, so she has a lot of potential, and she can keep growing and growing. Uh, speaking of historic things and the U.S. Women's National Team, gotta gotta ask you about it. You've been overseas, but there are some huge news around both the women's national team and and the men's team. A historic uh, contract signed for. For both teams, um, really just highlighting, you know, equal pay. Uh, we just wanted to give you the opportunity to maybe react to that or, or share any thoughts or feelings you had about them when you sort of saw the re- the uh, the news become kind of official to to the public. Yeah, it was it was huge. I think um, obviously our national team has been battling this for a very long time, um, and I know you know, what my teammates have been through to make this happen. Um, some of the older players and veteran players, um, the leaders in RPA as well. Um, and obviously, you know, our whole team had a lot to do with it, but I have to credit them because the amount of work that they did to make this happen and the litigation and everything with U.S. soccer and getting the men on our side, it takes a lot. And I don't think anyone on the outside um, understands how much went into that. So I think it's a really proud moment for, for us. Um, you know, the thing that actually kind of hurt me in a sense was when this did come out, you know, a lot of my, my fellow teammates here at Leon were asking about it and, you know, we, we did a few comparisons, you know, with national teams and, and what they get and what we get now. And, um, 
you know, it's a starting point. Like this happening with uh, our U.S. national team is a starting point because it's it's not like that everywhere else. It's not even close to it everywhere else. Um, even some of the best national teams um, in the world. So I hope that this this marks a starting point for women in the world. Um, obviously, it's a starting point for women in in the U.S. and um, in all jobs and careers and and whatnot. So I'm I'm optimistic about that. Um, but I still think there's a long way to go and, and to make this equal among, you know, women in, in the workplace everywhere. Lindsay, that was so beautifully said. And it's so true that this really starts a a ripple effect across FIFA and across nations and, and especially in CONCACAF, which is the United States Federation and, and looking at all of those different nations that need support and need to see a a nation in U.S. soccer and the United States that can lead the way in what could be equal playing ground across the board, across the world. Um, So thank you for sharing your insights on that. Sticking with the U.S. and and CONCACAF, looking ahead a little bit to this summer, I know you still have a couple games left with Lyon, but for the United States women's national team, CONCACAF World Cup qualifiers coming up this summer. You've played in a couple qualifying tournaments for the World Cup, a couple CONCACAF W championships, but this year the U.S. in a group with Mexico, Haiti, Jamaica. How is this summer's competition different from years past for you? Well, we we definitely have a different team, um, and you know we haven't been around each other as much as we we normally are with our our schedule and um, and how you know FIFA breaks work a, as well. Um, and you know this qualifying is huge. Every every single one is different, and this is leading into another World Cup cycle, um, and you know four year cycle with this team and a lot of new faces, like just a lot of young new, you know um, players that are so excited for, for these moments. So, you know, we have new leadership on the team. Um, I guess I'm like one of the older players now, which I still like find hard to believe, but, um, so it, it is very, very different, but really exciting for, for the U S and, and for our Federation to see, you know, this newer, younger team. Um, and that's how these things go. You see it with the men's national team. Now it's a lot of new young players as well. And they're leading to a World Cup. So I think this is a, an exciting year for U.S. soccer. It is going to be an exciting year. Uh, you know, there's there's going to be a uh, international window in June ahead of the uh, the qualifiers that take place in July. For for you, with sort of closing out uh, your your club soccer with Lyon, uh, are you shifting your focus right now towards you know preparing for um, you know the possibility of participating in these upcoming events with with the with the national team, or is it just sort of taking it day by day, week by week? What are your preparations looking like right now? Yeah, I think, like I said, um, last game is is next Wednesday. We have a huge game against PSG this weekend, um, which, you know, could win us the title um, and then hopefully be able to celebrate uh, this coming Wednesday with, you know, with our crowd here in uh, Lyon. And then after that, um, I hope to get a little breather, <laughs> just a little break. Um, it's been a lot this year, especially with, um, with my knee and, and getting everything back there and then yeah, all preparation starts with the national team and I'm just excited to get home for a bit and, and be able to go, uh, you know, start, start in Denver camp and, um, which is home base for me and then qualifying in, in Mexico, which is, which is going to be really cool. So, 
yeah, that's kind of um, what I'm looking forward to and, and hoping to make that roster and, and help our team win and, and qualify for the World Cup. So much soccer, so much preparations, but I believe another congratulations is in order. Not only are you Champions League champion, but I believe you celebrated a birthday just yesterday, very recently, Thursday of this week. Happy birthday, Lindsay. How are your birthday celebrations? Uh, birthday was amazing. Had the whole family in town, had the boyfriend in town. Um, so it, it was really nice. I uh, did just miss out on my dad being here and and my my little boy Ferguson, my my dog. Um, but next year he'll he'll be here. Um, but it was it was very nice. Nice. We always like to close out our uh, players segments with maybe some some fun questions. So with with your birthday this week, we wanted to ask, like, was there like a, is there like a specific go to uh, birthday treat that you have to have? Are you like a vanilla or chocolate cake person being in France? Did you like have a go to French dessert that you maybe wanted to to treat yourself to? Um, no, I, I love carrot cake. Um, so I, I did force my family to go out with me to this, uh, specialty coffee shop and get this piece of carrot cake that I've wanted the last six months. And I've told myself I'm not going to do until my birthday. So that was, uh, that was my treat. Um, had a nice dinner and came home to that. So I love that. So so you've been thinking about this carrot cake for six months. Did it live up to the expectations? How was it? It was incredible. I'm like, did it deliver Every, everything I wanted? Yeah. The people I mean, want like to know. A little cream cheese icing. Mm. <laughs> a lot, a lot of yeah. cream. Cheese. Oh, that's it. Three, three layers. Yeah. Cake, so three think, layers. Love that. Yeah. I don't think people give carrot cake enough love. So I love that. Oh, uh, that you to, carrot, and I'm like, you don't even taste the carrot. It's it's a cake. <laughs> it's Come just on. Cake. It's just cake. Yeah. Lindsay the Horan. sugar outweighs all the carrots in it. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us, Lindsay Horan. We also uh, always like to thank our listeners towards the end of episode of the episode. So thanks to our audience for, for tuning in and listening along. Follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third for more. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your shows. We're also available video subscribe to us on youtube and the youtube.com slash attacking third and we'll be back this week with so much more for sandra Herrera, lisa roman and lindsey haran this was attacking third okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.